Hey. What's this promo code Dangle get you anyway? Uh, 20% off and free shipping and gorgeous balls. Where? In your pants. But, but where would I get the in, 20%? In your shorts. Where would I get the 20% off? Manscaped.com slash Jesse Blake. No, 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 slash. No, <laughs> slash Jesse Blake. People, no, no, not Jesse no, Blake. No, no. It's just Manscaped.com. No. It's just Manscaped.com. And you use a promo, promo code, code Jesse Blake. Dangle. No. Dangle is the oh, promo code. Yeah, yeah. We, we should have mentioned that. I know we should have. Let's start the show. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Okay, so we knew the abs were good, but did we know they were 7 nothing good? Did uh, anyone know? No. Except for Jesse Blake. No, well, yeah. okay. Who said abs in two, I think, by the end of last episode. Yeah, we got it down to abs in two. Did we? Well, congrats. This is our last episode of the season, then. I'm shocked they didn't hand out the Stanley Cup on Saturday. <laughs> so, what's more surprising? Yeah. The abs winning 7 nothing, or the Lightning losing 7 nothing? Who? It's 100% the second one. Was it that surprising? Yeah. Yeah, man. One team is, it's a, for the Lightning, it's a terrible matchup. That's they look what, like that's, shit. that's what I see, and I, it's not that surprising when you look at the two teams when they're playing each other. Um, the 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 Avalanche play this game where they're super fast mm-hmm. on the forecheck, and they their transition game is incredible. And then the Lightning, when they get down, they have to take all these chances, and they're and they're over committing on the defensive end, and it leads to more chances for the Avalanche. So it's not surprising that the game ended seven nothing. Would the Avalanche be able to do this if Jared Bednar was not able to look at the footage of the Lightning Leaf series? No, this is all because of the Leafs. Yep, you're welcome. we did it. You're welcome. All Here right, the that's names. the end of the Stanley Cup final segment. On to the Leafs. Seven nothing. Are Natushkin. they going to be able to keep Ilya Mikheyev? <laughs> Seven nothing. The goal scorers are Natushkin, uh, Manson, Burakovsky, who will not probably play in Game Three because he didn't fly to Tampa. Oh wow. Uh, Natushkin again. Darren Helm, Kale McCarr, and then Kale McCarr again, and absolutely nothing from the Lightning. By the way, I'm going to ask people to be very sure when they correct me, okay? It's Nikushkin or Natushkin. I don't know. I've been told very confidently both. Amber says... Me too. Amber says Nikushkin. That's how it's spelled. No, it's well, spelled, spelled Nikushkin. It's spelled C-H in English. So Nikushkin? Depends what but country you're from, I suppose. You can do the Nikushkin, where you're pronouncing like a K, or you can do the Ch, like, well, like an English So way. is it like... Because my mom's last name is... is, is uh, Denise. Denny. Or Denis, but it's is it actually? we say Dennis. Uh, well, because it was Fre- it was anglicized. I never made French. that connection at all. Denis, anglicized French, D E N I S, right? Never in my entire life did I ever make that. <laughs> oh connection. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my question is, my question is, is this an anglicized version of it? I want to know who's catering to their own language. You I know think what this I mean? is a good time to bring up <laughs> Steve's story about a famous broadcaster. Oh, are we doing that? We're going to do that right now. Let's talk sure. about this because you know what? Here's the thing. Names are an issue. <laughs> and and if we come fine. Fuck oh, it. No, who cares? No, this is a good story. This is a good story. <laughs> no, no. It pertains to the Stanley Cup final. So basically, uh, there were, remember I was talking about I didn't have an internship and a lot of my friends had an internship, but then there was a, a small group of the elites in my program. There was a small group of the elites who had jobs. They had jobs in the industry while they were going to school. And there was a guy who I think was older, 
right? Because you go into school when you're 17 or, or you go into post-secondary when you're 17 or 18. This guy was a little older. Mm. So he had a job at CBC and those members of the elites who had jobs would come in and they would tell us stories from the industry, from the biz, you know, those cool cats. And we would just all listen, like just captivated. And this one guy said that he got to hear the broadcasters um, basically setting up before the game. And what Ron McLean and Bob Cole used to do is they would go over the names of the players. Mm-hmm. And Bob Cole would say something like, uh, you know, Sundin. And Ron McLean would go, yep, yep, that's right. Okay, good. Because I asked him. Uh, Barazan. Yep, no, that's, that's how you say it. Okay, good. Because I asked him. And he would go down the entire roster and say, I asked him. Because for the morning skate, the actual play-by-play commentators will go into the locker room and they'll ask for questions and stories. If you ever wonder where they get all these stories. Oh, that's how they do it. They actually ask them. They, they go in and they ask them. Because they asked them. Still, it's, your impression is still immaculate. Yeah, it hasn't an, fallen it's off. It's your best impression. It's well done. Still quite good. And uh, supposedly one night, someone, because there was a battle over Nikolai Kuhleman. We all said Kuhleman. Mm-hmm. Nikolai Kuhleman. We Kool- drank that Kool-Aidaman. Hey, woo, hey. See? As far as I know, Nikolai Kuhleman did not tell us that his name was Nikolai Kuhleman. We just looked at his name and went, ah, you're Kuhleman. That's Nikolai Kuhleman. Mm-hmm. That's what his name looks like, and that's what it's going to be forever. But supposedly, it's a lot closer to, I was told, like, Kuhleman. Kuhleman. Kuhleman? Like, Ru- Russian has sounds that English mouths don't make. Like I just Andre, when I did KHL highlights, he would try to teach me. It didn't. My mouth was like, "That's nice," but mm-hmm. we don't we don't do that, Stephen. So I would try and I would fail. So there was a small crowd that included Bob Cole, who said Kalemin, mm. and my friend who had a job said he walked in and one night he heard on the mic. Listen, I asked the fucking guy, and he said his name was Kalemin. <laughs> I love that. And I just love the idea of, of him saying that. I asked the fucking guy, and he said his name was Nakushkin. I can't remember. There was like an early hockey Twitter YouTube page that used to make fun of the NHL. Was it Blog Blog Selming or Bloggy Selming? Bloggy Selming. Yeah. And they did one with, and he's Winnipeg. He retired to Winnipeg Jet, but he Bufflin. started Bufflin. Bye, Fulujilian. Yeah, is how you pronounce it. It's like, oh, we think it's Bufflin. He's like, well, actually, it's not. And they're like, okay, well, then we'll trade you to Edmonton. <laughs> and he said, I guess it's Bufflin then. <laughs> and it's just one of those, like, I just kind of, it makes me think about that. But listen, if you're on, if you're on Twitter giving people shit about how they pronounce names, if it's like slightly off, I think a hobby might be good for you. Well, like yes. chill, like, like n- nobody is saying Natushkin n- right the way it's supposed to be spoken in its normal language. I started saying Nachushkin, and then everyone just one day, drop drop of a hat, decided it's Nakushkin. Nakushkin. Mm-hmm. And right, then I yesterday, I got a great compliment in the Sportsnet YouTube channel comments. They're like, as a Russian speaker, I am happy with how Steve Dangle says Nachushkin. So it's... So they're telling... I So Nachushkin was in the KHL when I did KHL highlights. Andre never corrected me once. And he reveled well, in correcting maybe me. Maybe that. Maybe the. <laughs> maybe that's the. Maybe the T is something else from 
Like Russian, there is no T. There is no T, but you we, say Natushkin, right? I say Natushkin. Yeah, the, the CU is almost sounds like a T. Right, right, like witch. But like riding a broom witch, not which witch. Yes, I God, get you. English is stupid. Yeah, it is. I, there's, there's a great quote. English is not a language. It's three languages wearing a trench coat. You want me to play this <laughs> from Run for the Cube? So this is a YouTube video that says how to... Oh, 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 it's oh, this oh, guy, oh. Valerie Rye. How to pronounce <laughs> Valerie Nikushkin, <laughs> who at the time was a Dallas Stars 2013 draft pick. <laughs> Listen to this. Valerie Rye Nikushkin. Nikushkin. Who the hell is that? Why does he sound like that? I don't know. <laughs> Is, it, is that supposed to be an actual pronunciation or is that someone joking? It's someone joking. It's someone joking. That's got Adam, he's got a Kermit the Frog voice. Like, what do you think? One more time. 2,500 views. Good for him. One more time. Valley Ryan Night Chew Sky. Valley Ryan Night Chew Sky. Almost sounds like um remember that remember that vine where the guy he's like he's like, we're going through the indie indie girl goes through her fr- her fridge and it's like uh we got oh, uh, bananas. Welcome to my kitchen. We got bananas and avocado. So I think Krish. I think we should all really yeah, oh, we should baby. all move on to Valley Ryan the Chew Sky. Okay, no the question Valley Ryan the Chew Sky. There's no, there's no final MVP in no. hockey, but if there was, Valley Ryan Nachushkine would be, you know, making a case. I can't wait for Bettman to have to pronounce that when he gives him the con Smythe at the end of this. Oh my goodness. Valley Ryan Nachushkine. We now, now present it to. <laughs> um, That's how Bettman should sound. Yeah. By the way, he looks. <laughs> right. Like Marvin the Martian. Yeah. He should sound like Marvin the Martian. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I don't know about that, Jesse. Um, so we got to ask this question after a seven nothing mm-hmm. win, mm-hmm. and 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 based on some of the texts I'm getting in our group chat, specifically with the CJ Show people, mm. is this over? Yeah. Is the series over? Yeah. Is it over after game two? Really? Is it over? My inst- they're saying it's over. Is it over? My instincts and memory are just Clash of the Titans in my head right now. Okay, tell me about the Clash. Well, I'm so used to a team that loses 7 nothing not doing well. <laughs> but it's also the Tampa Bay Lightning who gained steam as series go. That was in, let me do math, in 15 games that the Lightning have played mm-hmm. between games 2 and 7 in a series this year. So eliminating game once where light, the Lightning are 1 and 3 in four games. All other games, two through seven, they went into game two with an 11 and three record. Wow. That was the fourth time they lost outside of a game one. Wow. (laughs) Did you not, do you not know who they're playing? The team that is undefeated against anybody not named the St. Louis Blues. So they have not (laughs) lost a road game this playoff. The St. Louis Blues who almost forced the game seven. Almost. Almost. So let's have this conversation then because I've seen this going around hockey Twitter. This is the first time that the Lightning have faced a worthy opponent. I flatly deny that and don't believe that. I think they were in a game seven. No. So (laughs) here's, here's the problem is they look at the bubble and the Lightning played the Dallas Stars, Mm. who not a lot of people predicted would be in the Stanley Cup final. 
Oh, uh, you're talking about the three years. The three years. Where they won oh, a championship, no. yeah. No, Last no. year, the they played Islanders? the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, exactly. Right? So they beat the New York Islanders, who were the joker to their Batman every step of the way for 13 games. And Islanders damn near had them. Damn near had them. If Vasilevsky's uh, not in net, if it's any other goalie in the league, do the Islanders win that series? Maybe. Yep, I, I dare say probably. But. There's a ridiculous argument. If Tampa's, ifs and buts were candy and nuts. Yeah, like. Tampa's had some great opponents along the way. This yeah, has been an incredible run for three years. They swept the team that won the division. Like, at, uh, you could argue that Colorado is the best opponent they've played in the Stanley Cup final. And like, yeah, sure. For mm-hmm. sure. But to say that they haven't had to play a difficult opponent. There were. They've won. Uh, uh, Eight. Nine series. That weren't the Stanley Cup final over the last three years. Oh yeah, yeah, they're good. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, this is their toughest opponent. Opponent, I think, in three years. I think period. I think yeah, the Colorado. The, like I was saying before, they match up so well with them in the the way that they play their game. Tampa doesn't have the speed, and when Colorado's playing their speed game, it plays into the hand of Tampa making mistakes. And I, I also think this is the first playoffs, but mostly this first series. I think where. Where really you just don't have Braden Point. Like I know he was injured against the Leafs, yeah. but he was playing well. He played okay against Panther, but it like it got bad against New York. And it's like he, that wasn't, is, there, he wasn't there versus New York. Oh, he wasn't in there at yeah, all. He didn't, play, he didn't play that series. His last game right. before yeah. the Stanley Cup final was Game Seven against the Leafs. Yeah, he didn't play Florida or New York. Yeah, well, his I didn't leg like that. exploded. This is the thing, though, right? You know, like I I, I feel like and then I mean, sweat the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think there's some hot takes out there. Yeah. When you have a hot take, at least make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, at least, like, like, listen, Stephen A. Smith, king of the hot take, right? Guy's amazing. Sometimes he says shit and he leads and you're like, where the fuck is this going? Because I don't agree with anything. And then after a while, you're like, you know, he's got a point. Um, and I think, I think for it to be a good hot take, it can't be completely true. But it has to have a shred of truth. So if you were to say that, that... Tampa, that Colorado is is one, two, and three on the top teams that Tampa has played over its two year, two and a half year run. I would say a thousand percent. I'll listen to that. But to say they've never had a worthy opponent, I think is. I mean, it's that's ludicrous. It's Luda, silly goose, Luda. <laughs> yeah, um, silly now, goose. Uh, I, I. So you don't think the series is over, Jesse? You do. Yeah, like. When when I see Josh Manson coming down the coming Just, down the wing, you know, and Kale McCarr, Josh Manson one past uh, Andre Vasilevsky, and then Kale McCarr doing the exact same thing on a shorthanded play later in the game. Best deadline pickup in a while. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I want to I want to shout out Twisted Leafs, Alberto at Twisted Leafs, who was like, I want to talk to whoever said that Josh Manson wouldn't have been a good fit for the Leafs. What was that about? Well, What's so that? it's not There was just, a lot of people before the trade deadline. Yeah, he's not a good fit. He's over the hill. He's this, he's that, whatever. Looks okay to me. It's, it's not just about um, whether or not he's good or would have been a fit somewhere else. Sam Gerrard is an enormous loss for the yeah. Colorado Avalanche. And they've weathered the storm fine. Fine. You almost they've, forget, you know? Mm-hmm. Fine. Now, a lot of that is Bowen Byram. I think really coming into his own Jack Johnson yep. uh, playing better than I think we thought he was capable of. Frankly, Eric Johnson's been steady back there, but Josh Manson has been a factor in every game. Yeah. Every yeah. game, every game that I've watched. Yep, man. <laughs> it's and just a really fortunate 
pick up because you never know when you're going to lose someone. And the mistakes from Tampa, I was just looking back uh, to jog my memory. Palata had the like the over the glass penalty by Sergachev early in the game. That's just that's the avalanche coming out so hot, which they do spectacularly in the first period and forcing Sergachev to make a play, try and get the puck out of the zone. It goes right over the glass and they capitalize on the, uh, on the power play there. And then you, you start the game with a, another roughing penalty by Corey Perry, uh, yeah. <laughs> against Darcy Kemper because he's trying to make something. God bless, a wild visual. God bless Corey Perry. Cause mm. every time, uh, John Cooper sends him out there, you see him running around trying to make something happen. He's trying to get the team going. I would like to talk about that. Okay. I would like to talk about Jared Spurgeon for a moment. Why do we talk? Why do we talk? I know about, exactly where you're going. Why do we talk about Jared Spurgeon earlier in the playoffs, guys? Why do we talk about Jared Spurgeon? Okay. Uh, because he tried to break an opponent's ankle. Pavel Buchnevich. Hopefully, I pronounced that right. But if not, leave it in the comments that I won't read. Buchnevich. Oh, is it? No, can I mean, you okay. can you do an impression of the YouTube channel trying to say Pavel Buchnevich? <laughs> can you please look that up? <laughs> See oh. if he does it. Pavel <laughs> Buchnevich. <laughs> so Pavel if you remember, Buchnevich. I believe it was the first round. Jared Spurgeon basically cross-checked uh, Pavel Buchnevich's Literally. Achilles, his Achilles tendon in his ankle, the back of your ankle. Feel the back of your ankle right now. Touch it. Touch it. You're not touching it. Touch it. Mm, Harry. Touch it. I'm touching it. Okay. That. Stop yelling. Touch it. I'm touching it. Okay. I'm caressing it. Now, how much protection is there for your Achilles? Does hair count as protection? No. Well, then not a lot. Not a lot, right? And Jared Spurgeon cross-checked that underneath the skate park and, and, and did not get any, uh, any mm. sort of issue. Like, I don't think he even got fined, did he? I don't remember. Five thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, five thousand dollars. It costs five thousand dollars to try to break your opponent's ankle. Okay, there you go. So Corey Perry, you saw what he did to J- JT Comfort's ankle, right? Yeah, he where he kneeled, got up, kneeled right on, on his knee. Weight. Nobody gets up. So he was pressing his knee down on JG, JD, uh, JT Comfort's leg. Yeah, and trying to quote unquote get up after a scrum yeah. in front of the net. No, he's a no, shithead. Nobody gets up using their knee to push down on the ground. You get up. A million different ways, but that's not it, especially in hockey. He's, he's a shithead. And like, he was being a shit. But here's the thing. Obviously, he's trying to, quote unquote, get something done. Mm-hmm. But I got to ask the question. Okay. If Corey Perry loses his third straight cup, will he deserve it? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I like, will. What do you, when you I do will, shit like that, I'll when you do it. shit like that, listen, I'm, I picked the lightning I and I've been cheering for Corey Perry, but that is a, that's such a bullshit play in a seven, nothing game. I will Why? revel in it. I'll revel in it because, and it's a, it's a monument to how great of a career he's had oh. that I will revel in it. You know, he did, he won the Stanley cup in 2007. He's got, he's a already cup, got it. Yeah. He's, he's got, got a cup. cup. Yeah. I mean, he's won, he's won a cup. And if he wins another, I'll do. be happy for him. I won't. I don't like him. <laughs> um, I don't like if him. If he was a Leaf, if the because the Leafs a couple years He's ago. not, is he? It, they had the option between had, him Simmons and Simmons. or Corey Perry, and they took Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Because his, his regular season numbers were garbage, and he turns into just the alpha shithead in the playoffs. And <laughs> we've alpha had this, shithead, that's good. We've like had that. this conversation, and I'm speaking confidently because I understand my feelings. So I'm going to try to convey to people uh, the realization I've had. We've had this conversation with Brad Marchand before. And yeah, but didn't you see this clip where he did this nice thing and this clip where he did this nice thing and this nice tweet he sent? Listen, there's a difference between you being a bad person and you being 
I can't say bad hockey player because he's not bad at hockey. And I can't say shitty hockey player. He's definitely what if not you're shitty. a bad person hockey player? Or just you're a bad person on the ice. Yeah. Let's, I think it's fair. Like, call it what it is. Corey Perry on the ice in an NHL uniform. Off the ice, he can be whatever he wants. I'm sure he tips well at restaurants and shit. And he's very, oh, actually, sorry. Do you have the. Uh, well, actually, his teammates love him article by so-and-so yeah. at the website. I'm sure Corey Perry has ordered something, had the wrong thing come to him and eaten it anyway. Oh, he is wow. Canadian after all. He's, he's, I'm sure he's a, a nice guy in his regular everyday life. Corey Perry, when he puts on skates in an NHL uniform and hits the ice is a bad person. <laughs> I say that confidently and willingly. And he'd say, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said. Be like Brad Marchand. His nickname is the rat. He's or the weasel or whatever it is, or some is sort a, of animal that is generally considered an insult. Steve, is he a piss? He's a, a he, P.I.S. A P-I-S. <laughs> person intentionally trying to injure somebody. <laughs> like he's person who is when, intentionally shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and right now I'm sure you're in the comments. Like, what about this guy? Yes, them too. Yeah. Yes, them too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean the, the I cheered for Nazem Kadri as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm cheering you know, I'm cheering for him individually on the Colorado Avalanche right now. I, I cheered for him on the Leafs for many years and years. I like Nazem Kadri. He seems like a great guy. I will never defend him on the ice as a great person. No, he's a, he's tough to play against. Tough Shitty. to play against. Shitty. It's and he's and he's got like a magnet for players temples like yeah tom wilson there's another guy who seems like a great guy off the ice i've never heard a bad story about him i've seen lots of footage of him braining guys though <laughs> and i have to compartmentalize it so there are aspects to hockey this was an interesting conversation i had with justin Bourne. um i, I think it was about a no, it was, it was about the Jared Spurgeon thing. Okay. With Pavel Buchnevich. I was like, he's trying to injure an opponent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How is he not getting punished for intentionally trying to injure an opponent? And Justin Bourne made the observation, well, you are allowed to try to injure your opponent. You are. It's a contact You're sport. allowed to hit people very hard. You're allowed yeah. to stick check. All these things are illegal. There are rules. Yeah. There are rules. You may try to injure your opponent in the following ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's a contact sport. He's very right. Yeah. And you are allowed to try to injure your opponent. I think, as silly as this sentence is, the way Corey Perry tries to injure his opponents is less honorable than others. There was one that wasn't talked about where he got shoved into Darcy Kemper. Mm -hmm. He propelled himself forward. A hundred percent. And he's going after the goalie's knees. And yeah, he's trying to injure his opponent on the ice. He's not a good person. Do I want him to play for my team? Fucking A rights. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. going to help you win. Yeah. Absolutely. Should he be in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done? I've said it lots of times. There's no such thing as the Hockey Hall of Great Guys. Corey Perry is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Has to be. Yeah. He's won a cup. He's won a heart trophy. He's won gold medals. He's played X amount of playoff games and scored X amount of points and goals. And I'm glad the conversation went this way because... That was what I was conflicted about when I brought it up. Like, if he loses the th his third straight cup, will he deserve it? And the answer is yes. But also, it's like, I can't help but cheer for him. Well, this, this is why I've made the argument in the past um, for players getting in based on their credentials. Mm -hmm. Well, but what about this and that and that? Okay, well, we're going to have to yank some guys out of the hall then. Yeah. 
We're gonna have to take there, some guys. There was out a guy. The hall. There was a guy who went into the baseball hall of fame, which is even more of a weird one. And like he had like a sub five hundred. He's like a reliever with a sub five hundred record, and he's oh, in yeah. the he's in the baseball hall of fame. And meanwhile, like some of the best hitters ever, steroids or not, can't get in. I and can almost guarantee that guy told fucking amazing jokes. <laughs> <laughs> told great stories. Um, Had okay. a firm handshake. <laughs> Jesse, like, and see, I, I, when I saw the game, I wanted to ask you guys this immediately, mm-hmm. and I didn't ask you over text. Would you have pulled John or Andre Vasilevsky? Would you have pulled Andre Vasilevsky after goal three? Guys, yes or no? Not after goal three. After goal four, which I believe was... Uh, Nachushkin's second goal. Who scored number five? Darren Helm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the one where I'm like, okay, I think your night's done. And that would have been before the third period. Yeah, Nachushkin, if I'm not mistaken, was a good passing play. We we got to let Jesse answer some too. Uh, No. No on the no on those two. Okay. No. So Darren, no, no Natushka, no, no, no Darren Helm. No. The two Kale Kale McCarr, you've already pulled. Steve. Oof. Oh yeah, you've already pulled. Okay. No, I no. considered it. Okay. John no. Cooper's no. quote was No, no I know what his I know got oh. his quote. The the but reason, I wanna know I wanna ask you guys whether you would have pulled him or not. The Kale, reason I don't pull uh Andre Vasilevsky is because he has a streak going of longest playoff starts without being pulled ever, and he's like I don't know, 20 games or something away. From, he's like he's at like 80, and I think the all-time record is like 100 or something like that. And I, just out of honoring the record and seeing how high he can get up on the list, I think he's like third or fourth on that. I forget the graphic, but just out of the respect of that that list, I don't pull him ever. I, Let so him play forever. I, I, so be, that makes John Cooper's quote make a lot more sense then. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. He said, even if I did try to pull him out, I don't think he would have come out. That's the competitor he is. He's the best goalie in the world. He's our guy. Now, I mean, I respect the fact that John Cooper respects Vasilevsky enough because not every coach would care. Um, I respect him that he respects that enough. Is it a Vasilevsky problem because people said game one, he's a little shaky. Game two, it's like, holy shit, seven goals. Or are the Tampa Bay Lightning not playing elite level hockey, which is what John Cooper would have you believe, which is also a quote. Putting Brian Elliott into that game doesn't help you win that game. Yeah. At, in, it at might no give point, Vasilevsky a break. I don't think he wants it. Yeah. I don't think that helps him. So 2015, um, I think it was Pete Blackburn made a meme of uh, Ben Bishop, uh, but he basically photocopied a zombie cut in half from The Walking Dead in the Tampa Crease. Ben Bishop was so, so, so injured, (laughs) and they refused to put, ironically, young backup Andre Vasilevsky in it. No way. Yep. Uh, he did. He did eventually get into at least one game in the final, I think. Um, but they were going with him, come hell or high water. It was their if, guy. If if on the way back to Tampa, the Lightning forgot Andre Vasilevsky's equipment in Denver, he would play Game Three in street clothes. He he's playing unless he's injured, which he doesn't look hurt to me. Um, and he's allowed to have a bad couple games. Yeah, you had a, you had I mean, a bad. Tam- the team didn't have a great game. He had a bad series against the Leafs. A yeah. bad straight by up his series. standards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then was like game six came around. and He's like, ah, it's me. All right, it's me. It's me. It's me. He's fine. Um, um, but yeah, he's he. If he was hurt, I would say get him the rest. Seems fine. I have some trivia for you, both of you. Okay, because it's usually me versus Steve. Now Jesse gets a turn. I have trivia too. Okay, based on Ooh. this game. Maybe it's the same question. I don't. It's not gonna be. Only one other Stanley Cup game has a wider margin in terms of a shutout. 
I do know the answer to this. Can you name who played, what year, and what the score was? It was the 1991 Stanley Cup final. That's correct. And I only know this because I saw the graphic during the friggin' uh, watch uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs with Steve Dangle. So it would have been the Pittsburgh Penguins beating. It was the Minnesota North Stars. That's right. Wow. Ain't nothing. Well done. Ain't nothing. People forget the North Stars had a really good team and for some reason left Minnesota. That's still one of the most surprising, stupid things that's ever happened in the Came NHL. Uh, the Penguins that year had six uh, yet to be Hall of Famers. Uh, or they had six Hall of Famers that year, and Yarmer Yager also as well. So, you know. Who are the Hall of Famers? Uh, I'd have to look up the, oh. the roster. Mario Lemieux. Uh, Mario, Pittsburgh. Sorry, Sidney Crosby. Uh, I would imagine that you, you got, you probably got Lemieux. You probably got Larry Murphy. You probably got Paul Coffey. You probably got Ron Francis. Uh, Kevin uh, Wait, when did Ron Francis? Yeah, Kevin Stevens, maybe. Ryan Trottier? Trottier, for sure. Maybe Who's, that's it right there. Oh, yeah. Was Mark? No, Recky would have been on the Habs. Uh, and Yager, yeah. who's so, not in the hall. Wait, yet, but what about John? Cull- John Cullen could have been too, because he was maybe. Yeah. Um. Let's guess. Let's not look up the answer. I want to guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lemieux Murphy's in there. Larry Murphy made it in. <laughs> I'm not gonna look. That's it up. what I want to do. <laughs> hey, my favorite name of all time played on that team: Zarly Zalapsky. Hey, the best. Zarly Zalapsky is etched into the Stanley Cup. Yep. What a league. Yeah. Love uh, it. Um. Uh, lastly, here, Stamkos. It's always interesting to hear what Stan. He was on that team? Was not yet playing in the NHL. He's drafted that year. Um, (laughs) Stamkos. Washed up. About the lightning. Drafted by his parents. (laughs) That was totally not acceptable, especially at this time of year. Listen, people are going to be watching this game tonight. Probably think this series is over, Jesse. But our group, we're a very resilient group. So whether it's 1-0 or 7-0 or 10-0, it's a loss in the playoffs and you got to move on. We've got to man up as a team and as people. Let's get back home in front of our fans and let's see what they're made of. So let me ask you this, guys. Oh, challenge. What are the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning, who have done this before? They did it last round against the Rangers. What are they made of? What happens in Tampa over the next two games? And I'm going to hold both of you to this. What happens? They fire absolutely everything at the net, no matter where it is. Uh, no matter where it's from, no matter how far out it is. Because Colorado is giving them fits off the rush. Tampa isn't able to do shit offensively. Um, so what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to get a lot of ozone draws, win it back, throw some shit on, hope it goes off a leg or an ankle, and it goes in. That's the only way I see they have a path to beating Colorado. Jesse it's so funny that you brought up throwing things on the net because that was the trivia I wanted to talk about. Just to demonstrate how dominant Colorado was uh, last game. So... During the first period, uh, Colorado, I won't even do it as trivia. I'll just say the stat. During the first period, Colorado had, uh, or Tampa had five shots on goal. All five of those shots came outside of 33 feet from the net. Except for one. I, I remember this stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all five of those. The sixth shot on goal was oh. the first one inside of 33 feet. Oh, that, yes. When yes, did the yes. sixth shot on goal happen? There's the mm, trivia. Seven minutes into the second. Seven, 13 minutes left in the oh, second oh, period. Wow! The Tampa Bay Lightning finally got a shot within close range of the net. It was near the end of the first period, Adam. 
And the Colorado Avalanche still had more goals than the Lightning had shots. I was. Yeah. Oh. I was able to watch this one live. Well, I didn't. In person? You were no. in Denver? <laughs> no, but I like sometimes I have to watch air. it the next game or, or the next day, right? Because if it's too late, mm-hmm. certain periods, I have to go to bed. Jesse asked a very valuable question. How's the air in Denver when you were there watching the game live on Saturday? It, it smells was... like weed and also it's thin. <laughs> it smells like freedom. Yeah. Mountain freedom. Mm. Kokanee. No, but it's... <laughs> hey, you don't besmirch Kokanee. Kokanee's a, a Canadian beer, I think, though. Isn't uh, it? Out oh. west. It was uh, at the Winnipeg wedding that I went to. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I was like, hey, you guys have coconut? I haven't coconut. seen that in years. Anyway. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Tampa will have these brief bursts where they're like, we're going to hit everything. And then you see them building momentum. You're like, oh. And then they would get into the scraps after the whistle. And you see them, oh. And then it just... It and then Josh be- Manson, head manning the puck, snap, goal. It just went away. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So... I guess game three will tell us whether or not the air is a factor because they look exhausted. You should have been adjusted by then. They landed there on what was it? Because what was Saturday was Rangers. They They've got there, there like they got there like Monday. Better part of a week. Game one was Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no excuses for the air. Better part of a week. And yeah. I am gonna throw this out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably wondering, you know, this this is good. You guys are on a good little streak of not talking about the Leafs. Well, nah. here's how it affects them. Oh, okay, all right. So the Atlantic was monstrous this year. It was mm-hmm. monstrous. Florida was unbelievable. Uh, Tampa finished behind the Leafs, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leafs were really good. Tampa was really good. Boston was really good and still only held on to a wild card spot. We already know Boston is going to be missing a bunch of players for the first few months of next year including their top defenseman, their top left winger. Um, I think there's another defenseman. I wonder, no matter how this series goes, if Tampa goes, all right, we just went to three straight finals. We did it in a more compressed way than anyone ever has. This guy's getting surgery. This guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And I wonder if they're a wild card team. Next yeah, year and then and then everybody comes back to the playoffs. Well, yeah, but but they'll legit like be healed by them. Sure, you know, uh, maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. Not fully, but there's so many guys. Like, would anyone, if I l- named any member of the Tampa Bay Lightning and said they're getting surgery once the season's done, would you bat an eye? No, all right, no. Braden Point. Yeah, Yan Ruta needs a, a full body replacement. Like something, something, you know, just crazy. You see when Stamkos went hardened to the boards? Yeah. With his hips and just, oh, oh, and Hedman doesn't look right at all. Colorado's done a great job with him. Points. Like, yeah, everyone just looks mangled. Also, I have to tell you, I, I, you know, not talking about the Leafs or whatever. I do think the Leafs, and we'll talk about it later on, but I do think the Leafs need to do everything they can to try to win a division next year mm-hmm. and not have to play a team like Tampa. But wouldn't it be hilarious if they did? Uh, hilarious, right? Fucking hilarious. That'd be hilarious. It but should I, be them in Florida for the division. Yes, it, it should. should. Uh, but In I, the regular season, it should. Uh, I think in, in seeing all this, you know, I, I do really realize you, you, obviously the Leafs and Avs play like once a year. And you see the Avs play other teams twice a year, maybe. Um, you play every team twice. I don't know. Once. Other than Tampa, I don't know another team in the East that could even have come this far. And it's not like Tampa's done well. But I mean, the Avalanche playing the way they're playing without Kadri, I think they I think the Leafs would have been dismantled. 
the same way. They're a faster skating team. And when they used that against Tampa, it was great. But the Avalanche are even faster than that. And I don't yeah. think, I think what, the, what makes the Avalanche so fucking scary is so, they're so mobile on the back end. You can't. So mobile on the back end and their depth is fast. Yes. Uh, you know, what they don't necessarily have in skill. Like, you know, they've been flirting with the idea of taking Alex Newhook out of the lineup. Fuck, he can fly. Yeah, he can. Nico Sturm, Andrew Cogliano, who just got back into the lineup. Uh, Burakovsky can fly. Nikolai Bay Kubel. Um, how about Darren Helm? Yeah. Like, what yeah. a shot, apparently. Yeah. First playoff goal since I, I looked up the stats. The Ice Age. Sorry? The Ice Age. The Ice the Age. The second one. Yeah, well, there you go. So for <laughs> for a long time, um, there. What Colorado? Colorado has lost an important defenseman in Sam Gerrard mm -hmm. and an important their second line center in Nazem Kadri. We're going to leave Cogliano out of this discussion because those are two pillars of your team. We can go through the teams in the East. We can go through the teams in the West. Teams don't survive that. No. They just don't. You're not supposed to. It's a miracle Tampa is in the final sans Braden Point. Like, that yeah. they got here. How did you win two entire series, including one where you were down two goals, and one where you swept the division winners without Braden Point? He makes $9.5 million. How many teams are losing a guy like that and winning? That's, that's why you gotta, even though... Tampa, you know, stuff Nikita Kucherov in a broom closet to fit him under the cap and have him in the playoffs. Dude, they made the playoffs. They got a division playoff spot, not even a wild card. They got a division playoff spot with their most highly paid forward on the shelf. Intentionally. No team can do that. No. Nope. No team but can do can. that. So Colorado being, uh, the, you know, we focus on their top end talent. They got depth that no team can really fuck with. John Tortorella, coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. It seems apropos, doesn't it? It sounds right. It feels right. And apparently, according to John, it's exactly what he wanted. So he said, back in 2004, we were fortunate enough, enough excuse me, fortunate enough, I was coaching Tampa, and we went through Philly to win the Stanley Cup, beating the, uh, Philly in the conference finals. And I remember telling my wife, uh, man, this is a place I would love an opportunity to be and coach. The passion of the people, the building, everything about the city, it really, it was neat for me. I remember uh, my first meeting with Chuck when we started this, he wore a shirt with the, uh, with the emblem and I said, man, that's where I want to be. And even though the Flyers are not playing like the Flyers should, like they're not playing the Flyers brand. They will. He coaches the Flyers brand, does he not? Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. The Flyers, I'm telling you, they're going to make a bunch of moves this offseason. And a lot of the stat heads are going to be like, that's fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. and, like almost every decision. And John Tortorella is going to do what John Tortorella does and drag them to a wild card spot or something. <laughs> um, with, with like the worst looking team you've ever seen on paper and an overachieving goalie. They've said that, that you know, Chuck Fletcher said that uh, um, he liked the fact that Tor Torts has a, um, has a rap sheet for being... Excuse me. He likes the fact that Torts has a a reputation for being demanding. And I said, he, here's what he said about it. Chuck Fletcher, that is. Ultimately, said players will respond if they know you're demanding. But if you're demanding in a sense that you care about them, uh, you want what's best for them. You're not demanding for yourself. 
blah, 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 bunch of word salad. But essentially what he's saying is, too, we're not going to keep players here that won't live up to those. Um, uh, structure is going to be a huge focus. They talked about that. Defense comes first, not in the not at the expense of offense, but ask Patrick Line about that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I think is going to be very interesting is where Carter Hart finds himself through this. They because goalies do stop the damn puck. Goalies do well in the tort system. Did you? Didn't hello. Goalies do really Let's well. Set that off. <laughs> goalies do well in the tort, Tortorella system. I mean. It's it's. I mean, you look at look at what happened with Columbus and their goalies, right? Great development. Yep. Two good goalies. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Does Carter Hart become the Carter Hart we thought he might be able to be? Uh, yeah, but you got to get him a freaking backup. You mm-hmm. got to get him a good backup. Um, who? I I think he might be a little too old for the whole mentor thing, but just someone calm who can mm-hmm. play games and not be shitty. like it feels like that should be somewhat easy to find someone to split the net with them someone who understands that it's going to be carter hart's net one day but wants to Mm -hmm. actively keep the net away from him you gotta have a goalie wants to play yes you know what i mean so they're not going to undermine him but they want to outperform him get a goalie to compete with carter hart John Tortorella is going to be challenging Carter Hart every day. Well, and, and, and Cam Atkinson, who tweeted, by the way, you made that joke about Cam Atkinson, is probably like, no! no! Apparently, they're, they're actually really good friends. And, and uh, he, he uh, or not friends, but they, he enjoys, Cam now enjoys playing for, for Torts. And he I've, said, behind the scenes, I've heard nothing but rave reviews from players who play for him. He said, I think it all starts with practice. You practice how you play. And that's, especially when I learned, or when I turned pro, I learned that from John Tortorella. And, Tort said, um, when I got to Columbus, Cam was being sat out. I'm not sure what happened. Cam was stubborn, and I like his stubbornness. I think players of that quality, uh, what he has to do with his size uh, is a player in the NHL that can be top-notch. So I, there's a little bit, of, little bit of love there. And Tort said, there's more there with Kevin Hayes. Um, and I yep. thought this was interesting. Tough, because really tough season for Kevin Hayes. Chuck Fletcher, yeah, of course, considering what happened with Variety Familial. Reason. Yeah. But... The one thing I thought was the most interesting at in all this, because I'm, I'm reading the Broad Street Hockey sort of breakdown, but I watched the press conference, um, and my thing was, they, the Flyers have acted like not only are they going to be playoffs, but they're going to be a top-tier team for three years now. Every year, Chuck Fletcher, I mean, he's been there, what, two? Two and a half? I, I can't even tell, but every year they come out. one. No, has it been just the one? think so okay well whatever there's a lot of bluster coming out of philadelphia big signings and you know some big moves with alice last year and whatever and fletcher was named general manager in 2018 yeah i thought so of the flyers of the flyers and then he signed he the Hayes deal and the ellis deal he was the general manager uh 2018 to present then he was executive vice president plus uh gm 2018 to 2019 uh, so at the same time he signed those deals. And then president of hockey operations 2019 to present. So he's GM and president of hockey operations, Chuck Fletcher, since 2018 slash 19. Damn. Can I chalk that one up to COVID? Yeah. Like, holy yeah. shit. Like, yeah. How oh, do- of course. Like what? But still, Go ahead, like, you don't have to know that. <laughs> like it's Yes, I do. You don't have to know that. And, yes, you don't I have, do. You don't have Google in front of you right now. To, but but Fletcher's been there a while and it's blustery, right? Before the season starts, they're always like, let's go. And that's why I think Flyers fans are so upset because it's like, you've told us to get amped up for this team and you've sold us bullshit. 
It's been a terrible. This is not Philadelphia Flyers hockey. And Torts in the press conference said, "Temper your expectations. It's not. We're not there yet." I think they're going to go out and buy again this off season, and I think they'll kind of be better by default because Ryan Ellis played four games. Yeah, yeah. I have have more fingers on my right hand than uh, Ryan Ellis played games, Mm -hmm. and uh, Sean Couturier as well coming back. Yeah, you know they're just going to be healthier, and I think just overall everybody's going to play better just by default. New head coach, and then Chuck Fletcher because he can't help himself and has too much money because ownership decides to give him all this money. He's going to go out and buy. They like they might sign uh, Nassim Kadri. And all of a sudden, they're in a wild card spot. It's one thing when your team is trash. It's another thing when your team underachieved. I would file the Flyers under, they underachieved. Based on the way they're being I think they were trash and underachieved. <laughs> I mean. I think they were bad. Rasmus Ristolainen was a, Whoa, what not a, a great disaster move. move. You know? It but, was. I think. Oh, that's good. You know what? That, how he plays under torts is going to be fascinating. It's yeah. going to be fascinating. But I, I, I think the Philadelphia Flyers. Under uh, the, the main dish is underachieved, and there's trash to dip it in. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, okay. I think they're more they, they, there's more there. And you know, yeah. what what could they get this year? They could bring Johnny Gaudreau close to home. They Potentially. Could, they could bring, uh, unless he goes to Jersey, uh, they could bring Nazem Kadri in on a big mm. fat contract. There could be a bunch of things that could really change the trajectory. For Kadri me, pro- under torts, huh? Oh, yeah. The <laughs> problem I have is is their defense, man. Their defense. Alex's got to be healthy. Ristolainen's... I don't understand... Well, I don't understand the dissonance with Ras- Rasmus Ristolainen because you've got people who are into stats where, like, this guy is really just... He's just a guy. And he's, then you've got people within the game who are like, he's great. Look at this big, fat extension we're going to sign him to and give up a first-round pick. Buffalo was like that. Now Philly's like that. What's where is he? What I, is he? I think with Bristolainen, you see all the tools. We've seen oh, him score highlight real goals. He's big. He's nasty. The tools are there. His decision making is interplanetary. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know why he does half the things he does, and it leads to horrendous numbers against. It leads to his team getting outshot when he's on the ice getting outscored when he's on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is the way he was developed in Buffalo, in my opinion. Um, you know, look look at the leaps and strides um, that Rasmus Dahlin made in season this year. Because mm-hmm. Buffalo, like, in one fell swoop, started to pull their heads out of their ass. Yep. You know, so I, I, I think a big reason Ristolainen is the way he is is a lack of development or anything in buffalo in the last decade or anything right. and and torts who knows maybe torts looks at the skill set that ristolainen has and he goes give me that i could have some fun with that the one thing i'm gonna say and i did criticize the flyers about this i remember many months ago it well ryan ellis is out of the lineup yeah you knew that might happen man if any player might get hurt this player who has been hurt often in recent memory might get hurt and did and he's that's, in his 30s. That's your fault. That's your fault. Like, I I have sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. I have sympathy for Ryan Ellis. Sure. Good, seems like a good guy. Yeah. I don't have sympathy for the Flyers for having to go through that. You knew that was potentially going to be a problem. And there it was. So when you say, when, when you go through how the Flyers can do better next season, and you're like, well, Ryan Ellis has to be healthy. Okay, well, then they're fucked. Like, you're, you're leaving way too much up to chance. Yeah. 
You yeah. got to go out and support Ryan Ellis. Yeah, you mentioned their back end there, Adam, and how that needs to be better. You need uh, guys like Provorov and Sinham to take the next step. Like it's about time you're twenty five, twenty six. It's either you're gonna pair, you're gonna be there, and you're gonna be the stalwarts on the back end that we need you to be and take this team to the playoffs, or like we're gonna give up on you. I think Provorov. Like it's about gone. time. I think he's gone with a capital G. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the it's a big contract, six point seven five million dollars for the next three years. So they're gonna find somebody who's gonna be a taker, but it's an interesting move if they want to get rid of him. There's I'm a gonna, piece you can get a lot of pieces back for. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna say whispers, not rumblings, but uh, hmm. yeah, Provorov whispers. Okay, whispers. But like like trade rate whispers. Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. No Leafs call. There's no Kanyeki and Provorov. One deal. Let's go. <laughs> it's not Leafs. There's no yes! restrictions there. They can't afford the contract. There's no restrictions there on like a no move or no yes. trade or anything. So they're free to move them if they want. There you go. Um, uh, I'm actually updating this as of a few minutes ago. Uh, uh, we know that uh, Pete DeBoer has been um, linked to the stars. And I say linked because some people said he was the coach. He's not yet the head coach. Contract is not done. Ooh. Four years, $4 million per. So he's the head coach. That's what they're saying. They're, they're working. They're hammering away. <laughs> he's, he's that in coach. the words of Pierre that LeBron. Because that's that's the uh, limbo that we were in with Torts on like Thursday. Yeah. When and everyone's happened. like, yeah. So so oh, stars fans, extra. stars fans do not seem happy about this, and they're blaming Pavelski. And <laughs> I don't know if that's totally what? fair. They played. He played for him in San Jose. See, DeBoer's been with a bunch of teams: New Jersey, San Jose, Vegas, and now Dallas. He's he's been to. The Stanley Cup final with three different teams. Right. And lost them all, I believe. Uh, yeah, the Devils, the Sharks. Now, and, and, no, the not Knights. Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Was he the in coach the who went to the final? Yeah. He's been to oh, the Stanley conference Cup. conference final. Uh, yeah. The conference final three times. Yeah, Gallant took them to the Stanley Cup final, right? I believe so. Yeah, two times sure. Stanley Cup final, uh, one time conference final with okay. the Golden Knights. Yeah. So, Pete DeBoer. What do we make about this change in Dallas? Only because Dallas has been a defense first team for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Is Pete DeBoer going to be a defense first kind of coach? Or does, he, does the identity of the Dallas Stars change to more what it was in the late 90s, which is high scoring, hard hitting? I mean, people underrate how good Vegas was d- defensively. They sort of built around that too. We're going to go out. We're going to get Petrangelo. We're going to get Martinez. Uh, we're going to get Mark Stone, who's good defensive forward up front. So I don't think it's one or the other with DeBoer. I think he generally coaches well. Does he make that team better? Yeah. You think they're better? I think the Dallas fans are depressed right now. I'm reading the tweet. People are like, please God. They actually, people are telling Pierre LeBron to not tweet about it because it's ruining their Monday. I like, I, I'm like, listen, the guys had a pretty positive record and I understand why people are like, you know, the NHL passes around the same 40 guys as head coaches and there's no new ideas. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're doing that, he's got a pretty good record, right? Last week, Andrew Berkshire and I recorded an episode of the Jesse Blake Sports Report where, where we ran down all of the opening coaching positions and we filled them in with coaches that right. are out there. For wow, Dallas, I can't believe how trash it was. It was trash. <laughs> for Dallas, we, ca- we kind of put Pete DeBoer there oh. and we said a large part of that is his record in the past of getting the most out of teams and um, proving that he can win. Pete DeBoer has been to the conference finals five times in 10 years that is an incredible record for a head coach 
he he's he's done a fantastic job with an old with older cores who are ready to win which i think dallas looks at it and they're like we still got an opportunity here and i think peter borg can go in there and get the most out of these guys of those, I, don't, I don't know why you'd be upset with of the those, of these the yeah so here's what's interesting too so he actually coached three years in florida i forgot this mm-hmm. from uh 08 to 11 but in the last since 2015 16 when when the sharks lost in the uh cup, uh, cup final jesse mentioned all the the appearances stanley cup finals first round loss second round loss conference final loss conference final lost conference final lost five times in 10 years conference final so he's oh, sorry stanley cup semifinals last year was that second round because yeah, um round. yeah okay yeah so I mean, the, that's the, the last, season. and then miss the playoffs. One year without... Um, that is in seven years. Winning a room. That, seven years, he's six of them are in the playoffs, and all the and, and, uh, five of those years, he's in the second round minimum. You got to remember that Twitter is not real life, <laughs> and uh, Pete DeBoer is not a f- uh, popular figure on hockey Twitter um, because of back-to-back years of his treatment of Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, that's fair. And then this year, his treatment of Robin Leonard. He's not yeah. a popular figure um, for those reasons. That's that's why the Stars Stars fans' reaction doesn't match his record at all. Because I was thinking about that, and I was like, ah, you know, sort of, you know, the way you rib a friend when something unfortunate happens to them. You know, it's kind of funny watching, like, Grav go through it. Oh, no, I don't want DeBoer. But then you look at his record, and you're like, Okay, wait. Why? Why don't you want DeBoer? Right, mm-hmm. and it's he's he's been unpopular. He's a years. stars fans are like we need to protect Jason Robertson with our whole heart. Like we can't have somebody come in here and bully. I don't think he's been bully our kid. I mean, but, but like, what's, uh, yeah, but, like, uh, but like, I, that's I not gonna happen. It, Jason I, Robertson yes. doesn't play goalie, so he like, doesn't have to worry. <laughs> I'd be more worried about it and and unestablished player. Like I understand that concern. Oh, you don't want this coach to come in and be a dick to this kid who's trying to break into the league. That's not Jason Robertson. He's like their top scorer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not. Gonna, but I Pete think DeBoer's not going to be like, "Hey, key to our offense." No, but like Mark Andre Fleury, you're like, "That's the biggest star in the universe," and look what he did to him. Asterisk goalie. A lot of head coaches <laughs> mm-hmm. and scouts uh, and GMs they don't know the first thing of what to do with a goalie. My favorite thing is talking to scouts. And about this player, and they can tell you their blood type and just everything. And what about this guy on defense? Oh wow! Blah, 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 blah. What about this goalie? Oh, da, da, hey hey hey! Don't even ask me. Don't even ask me. And that's why you see some coaches, and maybe DeBoer's among them, um, be dicks to their goalies because they don't know the first thing about them. And they're like, "Listen, your job: go in, stop the puck. That's it. I don't." What is, what is it that Babs used to say before the game? Close the door, Mister Whoever's going in the net. Yeah. It'd be like he'd announce the starting lineup. He'd be like, close the door, Mr. Anderson. Like that literally. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> or Sheldon keep telling Steve Breer to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and it and but so it's Sheldon Keefe literally just going through footage with Steve Breer. Why the fuck did that go in? Why did that go in? Why did that all he sees is a puck going in? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit less novice than it just it went behind him. Like I'm sure he's seeing how the puck is going in. But uh, generally speaking, teams hire goalie coaches and like goalie whisperers to evaluate this shit. Um, their their coach doesn't know the first thing about it, or if they do, they certainly don't care. Oh, you he, know, had a, he had a tough night, and he didn't it, even give a shit. The Leonard was injured. Isn't it funny that 
it, it, I just think it's so funny. Hockey's such a weird sport that you can hire a coach and he knows nothing about the single most important position in the sport. Hockey should be called goalie. And why are goaltender co- goal t- goalie coaches considered as because you could have your assistants run the offense and defense. Why can't you have a head coach that was a goalie coach? You never well, see that. It's you. Probably it's, new it's happened. It's happened. You have you have situation in the NFL with head coaches who are like, I don't touch the defense. I have a defensive coordinator who handles that, and mm-hmm. they do the play calling. I on don't the defensive. End. I don't handle half of it. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you know, should at like least be exists. able to evaluate. Sure, if it's they all they're all talent expected. evaluators. You know. Yeah, but like I think they'll see a bad one go in, and they're like, oh. Really fucked us there. Like you wish to stop that. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's I'm, kind of felt like what Sh- Sheldon Keefe was saying that whole time. Yeah. Stop it. Freddie is not good enough right now. Why isn't he good enough? Mm-hmm. Well, he you know he's battling something. Cool. Well, he's playing though. So do we need to take him out? Is he ready? Is he not ready? Coaches don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. If you they're all they're trying wired, to win games. They're wired differently. They're all just. They're trying to piss. Silent anxiety. Sorry. It's no. They act like they have to piss at all times. <laughs> like they're very. They very are fidgety, aren't they? And yeah, and very yeah. fidgety and irritable because they're just. Listen, they're, they're, this could have been an email. I have to go to the bathroom, and I think that's that's a coach in a nutshell. Listen, just stop the damn thing. The contract thing with DeBoer. Um, I was just looking at my notes from the show that we did. the The dispute might be that because he's still owed. million from the Golden Knights through the 2023 season. So they have to factor that into his. Oh, he's getting a raise. He's getting four million. Yeah. So they have to like work out the situation where. Oh, with the Golden Knights. Yeah. So the Golden Knights have to make part of that. Owe him 3.25 million through next season. So they have to work that into the next contract because of how. So a lot of a lot of people don't know this, but uh, it's probably good a good chance to explain. So coach contracts are guaranteed. So when your favorite team fires a coach in the NHL, they pay him. So when you give him a four year deal and he's only there for one and a half. You're paying him the rest. And if another team wants to hire him, and let's say they want to give him a race, so like with Pete DeBoer, um, Vegas and Dallas then have to chat mm-hmm. and say, okay, how are we going to split it for the one year that you still owe him and we want him? Uh, and Dallas will say, Vegas, I think, I think what they can do, I think they can, I don't know if there's a, 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 an ability to block, but there is some leverage that the former team has. And so what will end up happening here is it, Dallas and Vegas will fight over this and Dallas and Vegas will end up splitting the money. So what will end up happening is mm-hmm. Vegas will still pay half of the $3.125 million and Dallas will pay that plus whatever it takes to get him, their half of that plus whatever it takes him to get to $4 million even. Because mm-hmm. you can't... So they're paying 50% of $3.125 plus this. Under the rules, you'd be like, oh, so why don't uh, Dallas just pay him $3 million and then Vegas picks up the whole contract? You can't do that. No. That's against the rules. Yeah. You have to find a way to pay him uh, the market value and what he's worth. And since that's already established there, you're going to have to pay him more now on top of what you already pay him. Because you can't just be like, oh, the other team's covering the bill. Yeah. That's now, against the rules. If your head coach, Steve and you're being moved from Vegas to Dallas, you don't care. Your number's $4 million. <laughs> They've agreed to give you $4 million. Who gives it to you? Who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> what you need to know is Pete DeBoer is going to make $4 million bucks next year. Uh, listen, I don't care who pays it. Just Four make plus. sure it comes on time. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you this. Okay? Well, here. One oh, more thing. One more thing. Pete DeBoer's goalie is Jake Ottinger. <laughs> uh, uh, some people are just really lucky. He should take him out for <laughs> drinks right away and be like, Jake, listen, I'm not what they say. <laughs> He needs to do that immediately. <laughs> it ain't me. Jake, um, I noticed that you stop most of the pucks that come your way. 
And that's my favorite thing about you. Please, please, please keep what the hair I have left in my head, yeah. in my head. Do you have a dog? <laughs> don't tell me its name. I don't care. All I care about you is that you... There you go. You stopped 96% of pucks. On the, on the topic of coaches, okay? And let's just talk about this in a, in a, in a environment that's competitive. You guys can relate to media. Media coach, whatever. Okay, let's say you've taken over a prominent job from somebody who was fired over a previous infraction at their job. So they were very good at their job, and it's a prominent job, but they were fired over an infraction. And I, it doesn't, you know what, in a corporate setting, you, it is. you would never find out what that infraction is because that's all sealed, right? But you come in and you do such a great job with your, your corporate team that you actually win industry awards or at least industry recognition for the work that you've done. And your team is one of, if not the most highest performing within the company and within the uh, industry. But the organization told you from the beginning, hey, listen, this is a fill-in role. We're not totally, we'll let you try to prove yourself here, but we are going to interview other candidates. And they start the interview process after you've done all the good things. Are you upset when you find out that after leading the team to uh, a ton of great success, um, industry-wide recognition, a lot of people going, holy smokes, look at that, Uh, that's uh, amazing. Are you upset that they are still then interviewing candidates for the job? Don't, let's not talk about who this is, because I know that you know, but are, I just want to know, Jesse and Steve, are you upset? I am upset because I can't help but feel like months and months of hard work are being erased from the equation because I performed poorly for seven days. That's not what part of the hypotho- hypothesis. <laughs> I asked you not to go there. I didn't. I go asked there. you if you were upset. That's that's that was my hype. Uh, okay, hypo, Jesse. Hypo- <gasps> yeah, I'm, I'm upset. You're I'm, you're upset. I'm very I'm upset. Mad. I'm very upset. In this setting, you're Andrew Brunette. Yep. Interim head <laughs> you coach. What? What? Still interim head coach oh. of the Florida Panthers. Oh my god. That's nuts. <laughs> now I understand in sports you got to do what you got to do. I'd watch his documentary on Apple Plus. Okay. Well, I. <laughs> Just so we're saying, there's going to be people out there who are like, hey, listen, he, they played like shit against Tampa, mm-hmm. and this guy's an interim head coach, and the team has to do what the team needs to do to get the best co- head coach in the door, okay? Mm-hmm. But Cassidy's gone. Looks like Trotz is probably not going there. Uh, uh, DeBoer's not going there. Tortorella's not going there. Interviewing all these people, none of them are going. But as Andrew Burnett... Are you feeling like, come on, what else do you want from me? Because ultimately, other than the seven games, that st- seven days that Steve talked about, what could have gone better for the Panthers this year? Playoff success. Mm-hmm. They That's made it, it to the second round. Now, nah. you, you got to remember, Bill Zito is not in a good way because he was Teflon. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to... I'm going to get this guy mm-hmm. and I'm going to give up whatever assets it takes to get him. Pleasure. And I'm going to go out and get that guy. Jeff Petrie. And no, the other one, Ben Chirot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> ben Chirot. <laughs> ben Chirot. Yeah, the other I'm one. The other one. The other, other. Let's yeah. hockey more cross-checking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, apt. Anyway, I'm going to go out and get this guy and I don't care what it costs because this is our year. And then you get swept in the second round. Bye, the- bye. The Doesn't Florida no, no, loss. No, but you get fl- swept by Tampa. I agree. Right. Uh, the Florida loss Ownership to Tampa looks worse than the Toronto loss to Tampa. Yes. Tampa. Uh, yes. Toronto should feel better about how their season ended 
uh, more than Florida should Absolutely. feel better about how their season ended, even though one of those teams went to the second round, the other one lost in the first round. I think there's more to, positives to take away from Toronto's ending than Florida's ending. Because, okay, as Leafs fans, we have to get out of our head about this whole one round thing. How much better is losing in the second round, really? Leafs lose in the second round next year. Are we going to be high fiving? I can tell you, if we are, we're losers. Because, but we will. Uh, oh, <laughs> hey, no, no, we are losers. I'll, I'll high five after winning, but like then I'll high five after the game after round round one ends. No, oh, sure. Like uh, we don't. You're still we don't not even high, halfway there. We don't high five when they lose. When have we ever done that? Why would that change? Oh, uh, I, I no. When they were going for the first overall pick, we did. <laughs> yeah, they won that. They won yeah. that in a draw through losses, but they won it. Yeah. They were the best losers. They had the best, and they won. They won that loss. Anyway, Florida's loss. It looked bad on Brunette. It looked bad on Brunette. It looked bad on Zito. It looked bad on everyone. So here's the thing: Florida, over recent years, has borrowed a lot from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, they've like, like in terms of players, in terms of management, in terms of coaching. And they're borrowing another thing from the Chicago Blackhawks, which is overreacting to a sweep despite having a really good regular season. And they're doing that right now, potentially. Like, they're shopping Sergei Bobrovsky, which I'm not even saying is a bad idea. Retaining 50% might be. Um, We're not going to bring back this all-star coach who got us... Didn't they win the President's Trophy? Or was it Mm -hmm. Colorado? They won the President's Trophy. So they won the President's Trophy, our President's Trophy winning coach... Um, and we're not going to bring them back because I feel embarrassed because I spent a bunch of draft picks and prospects and we fucking lost anyway. And I feel really bad about that. That's what happened to Chicago when they got swept by Pecorine and the Nashville Predators. Three goals in four games. And they've been dog shit ever since. Oh my God. There's another thing they borrowed from the Blackhawks scoring just three three goals goals in four four games. games. Yeah. Weird. Was the goalie finished? Ah, he wasn't. (laughs) But he'll be Um, in the Hall of Fame. The Coyotes have officially received the go-ahead to negotiate with Tempe City Council after an eight-hour meeting with the public on concerns about the new arena project in the Entertainment District. Here are some of the things that you might want to know taking away from this. And I got to say, if the plan goes through as it's planned, and there was like a 90-page document submitted, and I can't believe that on a, you know, a sports podcast, we're like, oh, how about this arena? But it's a big story with the Coyotes because there's a lot of people in Arizona that are Coyotes fans that really believe this is the time. And I want to believe it too. But remember, from as an outsider, this is still the team that didn't pay their taxes on time. You so can, we're you can forgive us, right? Yeah. Like, no, you can't, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are like, no, we can't forgive you no matter what. It's weird that you don't think this is bad. I'm just gonna say that on behalf of everyone else. But the franchise took a big step forward, and they are now able to negotiate on a proposed development of about two billion dollars, and it'll be a new arena entertainment district and residential units as well. So like condos and soto sopa, basically. And <laughs> Um, I think it's what's fascinating it's about this. Reference. It is a deep reference from <laughs> South Park, but a good one. So it's, it's a show called South Park. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, the two sides apparently have already have started very limited run. <laughs> uh, have started hashing out details. It's a forty-six acre tract of land, but they're going to finance this entirely privately, and they're hoping to buy the land from the city. So oftentimes in these cases, if the city owns the land, they might just lease it to you and you build the building on top of it, but you're paying like a hundred year lease or something like that. They want to buy the land and they're asking 
uh, Tempe for uh, direct uh, some of the sales tax generated by the private real estate to pay for bonds with the land and the real estate. But basically, this is going to Gutierrez and his team, the guys that own it, are paying for this themselves. That's what they're saying. Good. And I, I have to tell you, I haven't been impressed with it so far. But if there's one thing I'm really impressed with, it's billionaires paying for billionaire shit to make them richer. And I don't understand why this doesn't happen more. I'm not going to say good for him. I'm going to say good for Tempe. They have the leverage here and they're using it. Good for the city of Tempe. Absolutely. Like you're making a billionaire pay for stuff, which <laughs> seems like the bare minimum. And it's super not like any, Calgary, any Calgary fans. Yeah, there, there it is. Calgary had an arena already approved that fell through because I think of, I think it was inflation. Yeah. Tried to and manipulate it, several elections. The deal didn't. Yeah. The team tried to manipulate several elections. They didn't. They didn't account for inflation in the deal that they signed with the city and asked the city for more money. And the city said, no, mm -hmm. I respect it. You know, it's like, it's like when um, MLSE, when they expanded uh, BMO Field here in, in uh, Toronto, the organization didn't even bother going to the city asking for money. They spent the 50 million themselves because listen, MLSE has got 50 million bucks. Mm -hmm. But also, um, it's, it's, it's sort of a bullshit thing. And they know in this city, how that's going to play. And we saw with Pittsburgh, I think it was their, their new hockey arena, it caused cuts to several different things, including, I believe, education when they had to help pay for it. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things where it's a little detail, but I want to say thumbs up. I, you know, I, I'm, I want, if the Coyotes are going to get, or if the Coyotes' ownership, not the Coyotes' players or their fans, if Coyotes' ownerships, if, the, if I'm going to be hard on them, I also have to say, hey, listen, that was great. And I'm happy to hear that. And the, and the proposal is no public money. Thumbs up. Yeah. I don't know how they got there, but I'm happy that's where they are. That's great. The other thing the Coyotes are that's planning to nice. do, and I think this is a smart move, although I think it should be more, Coyotes are planning to offer 500 tickets to every game to Arizona State students alone. Oh, nice. Great. Which is awesome. Now, 32, the arena. 3,200 people will be able to be there, so that's roughly Shut a up. quarter. So that's about, that's the equivalent in an NHL arena of giving away 4,000 seats every game. Wow. Wow. Four to five thousand. And good. I mean, you're good, and you should good invest you should. in your product. And and let's you know make no bones about it. It is an investment. Yes. Because listen, you're not making money over the next few years. You're not. There's no situation where you make money mm -hmm. unless your equity will go up. But you're you're yeah you're gonna lose money if you if the Coyotes with all their draft picks this year drafted five Connor McDavid's, made two of them play defense, mm -hmm. and played them. 60 minutes a game and just had you, you can watch the best hockey you've ever seen in your entire life they wouldn't be able to charge an amount of money that would uh make them profitable they just wouldn't you'd have to sell last row seats for five thousand dollars a piece and they would still lose unbelievable amounts of money so in absence of making money you need to plant your flag here's here we are. We're a lot of fun. You're going to have a great time watching the Arizona Coyotes. Bring your student card to get 20% off concessions. Get 20% off concessions. Come have a beer. Come have some snacks. Oh, no, 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 well, it's 21 drinking. <gasps> right. Sorry. Canadian, Don't have a beer. Canadian. My bad. Come not have a beer unless you're at like the end of fourth year, maybe. <laughs> and <laughs> get a jersey. Here's why you should believe in and be interested in the Arizona Coyotes. By the way, the whole not drinking till 21 is 
I don't get it. It's the biggest sham in 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 America. Oh yeah, that law makes no. That's the that's that's the law to me that you're like everybody has broken that law. Republicans and Democrats, just just get rid of it. It's weird because of what the states are. You know what I mean? No. It's well when I go there, it's it's. I I still I tell the story when I went to Pennsylvania and I got a thirty eight dollar pair of pants for thirty eight dollars. Oh yeah, because there's no sales tax. Yeah, like everything is just free market, free everything, the most freedom to the point where it's a little bit scary well, sometimes. In, the freedom in certain cities, they're falling over themselves to sell you alcohol. Like they're just yeah. Like it's it's funny because like you you see with other vices, people are like whoa whoa whoa. But with booze, it's like totally okay. Yeah, and 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 they're like here here take a take a, here's a fishbowl here's a yeah. fishbowl yeah. full of we don't know how much. Drink it between four friends. Don't die. Please yeah. don't die. Drink it between four friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wink. We're going to put four straws in it because we're le- legally we yeah, have to. And one guy drinks out of all four of them. It's true. But for I some just, reason, 21. So apparently the reason that it's like 20, it's, it used to be 18 because if you could go to war, you should be able to drink, which in Canada, it's 19, but you can still go to war at 18. 19, some parts. Some parts. Um, uh, apparently, if you wanted highway money in the '80s during the Reagan administration, which is like a super conservative, mm-hmm. he was the you know president for most of the '80s. Um, he said, "If you want money from the federal government for this, you have to raise your drinking age to 21." But they're free market. Like that's why it's mm. confusing to me. It's it's very confusing. Like I, you're at, you're asking me to make sense of something that I do not I do not know, and I'm, I know that every I would imagine that 90 percent of people that have had a drink in the United States had it before 21. So it doesn't make any sense. But anyway. On the Arizona Coyotes. (laughs) I think people have the perception about when we talk about them that we're not rooting for hockey in Arizona. And I think it's so the opposite of everything (sighs) that uh, we believe. Because the hockey scene down there by everything that we've read and everything we've heard is absolutely thriving. And that it's a a growing community and that they've done a lot of great for uh, USA Hockey in particular and generating players. And... Now we're actually finally starting to see the the groundwork being laid for a sustainable future Whoa. for hockey in Arizona. You said finally? <laughs> Can you not put stank on it? And <laughs> you said finally? How friggin' dare you be I, I at think, all and fed unfortunately, up with no? And I'm, unfortunately, I'm indignant that anyone would. Why do we have to qualify that? Are you are you like are you fucking serious? Stop. And also, but also. They're exhausted from hearing about it too, right? Yeah, I want to. I want to be I fair to that. that. Okay, I think it's. Fi- I get that, but our our job is also to comment on the situation and provide context, and that it's been a rocky road for nearly twenty years. The bullshit. And <laughs> I Jesse, they signed a twenty five year lease in 20, 2015 with Glendale. They're fine, thank no, it's, you. It's been yeah. great. Never. And I, and I feel like great. like I, <laughs> it's been great. You're right. You you bullied my thought into uh, a lie. I just want to acknowledge both sides in that. Yes, it's it's been a real struggle to reach this point for Arizona and growing the Coyotes. And I think we're finally at a situation where we can say, hey, after this, hopefully only two year, but it's looking like three year run at ASU, we're going to have a home for the Coyotes forever. And we're not looking at a franchise moving around like we don't look at the L.A. Kings and be like, oh, you know what? The Kings might move to Kansas City any day now. No, they're just going to be like every other franchise where they're going to stick there. And that's great for them. But also, it took a while to get here because of the politics that go on there with shaky owners 
And now we're finally here, and that's a very good thing. Yes. You know what I'm, I'm tired of? And I'm happy for hockey in Arizona. You know I'm what I'm tired of? I'm tired of the Canadian media. That's what I've heard. It's the Canadian media. Oh my like, God. We, want, we, don't, we don't want the Arizona Coyotes in Canada. I, we want them to stay. I'm just thinking, every time I bring it up, I'm like, Houston makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I, Put on, when I like a team in Quebec City, sure. But I don't want it at the expense of hockey in Arizona. No. Our best players from Arizona. <laughs> and as a hockey player because of the Coyotes. Because of I you guys. Like, Come on. And my, my advice would be to put on a gas mask, fill it with farts, and take deep <laughs> breaths, the quality of which would belong to an Olympic Steve. swimmer. No, I, I like, don't think get out of here. You shouldn't close your eyes and pretend like it's all been positive in it's Arizona. Been it's been great. Uh, and we're guys, they, brought, they brought back the Kachina. It's great. And we're at a point where it's positive now. Um, it, it, well, and I like the fact that there's no public money. I really love that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, on a more serious note, and we're going to have more on this as the week goes on because it's important. These people are testifying today. Multiple officials from Hockey Canada will be in Ottawa today. Ottawa is uh, Canada's capital city, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, to testify in a Canadian parliamentary hearing uh, in front of the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage and will take questions from the committee uh, about the lawsuit uh, involving Hockey Canada, I believe it was the 2018 yes. uh, World, World Championships. Junior. There World are Junior World Junior Championships. Yep, sorry. Uh, and there was eight players from the team involved. There was a lawsuit settled, a sexual assault lawsuit. I'm not going to get into the details because when we do actually, um, you, first off, you should read the article that Rick put out. You should read the article that came out today with Katie Strang and Sean Shapiro, I believe, are the two. Ian Mendez. Ian, Ian Mendez is in there, too. Yeah, Ian Mendez, Dan Robson, and Katie Strang, excuse me. And, um, you know, it's, again, I, I want to put out a trigger warning for sexual assault survivors, for sure. Um, but I think it's important that you take a read. It's a, it's a tough read. Steve just retweeted it a few hours yeah. ago. And I think it's important that you read it. And then, of course... We'll kind of be able to, I think we'll be able to know, because I don't believe these hearings are closed. I think they're open. You could see them. They're going to be reported oh, on. right now. Oh, yeah. So we're going to find out as, the, uh, uh, as it goes on. And obviously, uh, you know, the person that broke that is Rick Westhead. And we're currently working with Rick and his insanely busy schedule uh, to discuss this. And I think... Um, We've been teasing that for weeks. But. I think that the major quote from this, and they have it right at the top from the Athletic article here is we haven't learned a damn thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it'll be, a, um, hopefully it's a, it's a sobering moment and hopefully some change out of this one as well. So with that, we are going to go to the press conference.